Hi, this is Monique McNeil, and you're locked in to Unity Radio, WTY 97.9 FM. Thank you all for tuning in to Up Close with Monique McNeil. Um, I'm on the line here with Sharika Buckley. She was speaking with us about uh, the disappearance of her daughter, Anaya Walker. Um, Anaya was unfortunately found on May 22nd um, on Interstate 10 in Buckeye, Arizona, and still to this day has not been found um, or, excuse me, has not had any type of um, witnesses come forward to the whereabouts of what happened to her daughter. So I was on the line with uh, Sharika. Sharika, are you back with us now? Um, She is not at this time. Okay. So we're on the line with uh, her sister, Kai. Um, Kai, if you want to speak with us about, um, your sister Anaya, and, and I know there was some things that you wanted to touch base upon, uh, when me and your mom was talking. Yes. Um, I basically wanted to touch base on, um, my mother was speaking last about the San Bernardino situation when my sister used my identity to, um, you know, be arrested. Right. Um, I actually ended up filing a report against um, the arresting officer. Mm -hmm. Um, I filed a complaint uh, just saying that he did not follow his correct procedures that they, um, that she or he should have. Um, And once I filed that report, I basically got a lot of turnaround from the San Bernardino department. I constantly was explaining to them, like, I don't live in the area. The original person who um, told me to file this complaint told me, since I don't live with you guys, you guys have to file it on the, I don't live um, in California, you all have to file it on the phone. Um, They constantly wanted to say, well, you have to come into the precinct to file it um, and try to hang up on me. So I was constantly calling back. I called them, like, I believe maybe 30 times that first week afterwards because I was getting a lot of running around, hanging up, or come to the precinct to file your complaint. Um, until finally I was able to file the complaint. And once I did, um, I didn't receive any word back for months and months. And I called and I would call about it and I wouldn't receive anything back. Um, but about three months later, I got a notice uh, saying that the officer uh, who arrested my sister followed the correct procedures when doing the arrest. So I received the letter back in like, I believe, April and she was arrested in uh, January. Um, but they were like, we're not going to go through with the complaint. Um, the officer that arrested her followed procedures, and we see nothing wrong with what happened here. But clearly, if they had followed procedure, they would have known that this this was not actually you. This was Anaya. Right, right. Um, and that's another thing. I was I was actually very very upset because, uh, like my mother mentioned, I've never had a record. You know just turned 21 so the things that were on the record it was kind of like it was infuriating embarrassing it was um sure it was really like i i was very angry with my sister so i know i did actually message her and i uh i told her like i i didn't appreciate how she used my identity and i know she saw the message um because it said it was seen but i she never said anything um and then the next time i reached out to my sister it was around may that was around the time that they had found her body and I never heard word back from her and I never understood why um, until, you know, June 3rd when they came and told us that they had found her body on the interstate. I just 
when I, you know, I, I'm actually sitting here looking at her picture right now and beautiful, beautiful young, young lady. Like it, she reminds me of somebody who's just so vibracious and, you know, I, I don't know her at all, but I'm just looking at her face and what a beautiful smile. Um, Thank you. It just, how has that been for you to, to deal? Like what kind of impact has this had on your, on your family? What kind of impact has this had about your little sister? Um, I honestly, <clears throat> I feel like it's like my mom said, our family has been in like shambles. Um, my little sister was my best, best, best friend. Like we were very, very close. Um, we had like a relationship that I'm sure a lot of sisters have, but like, I just feel like we were so special. Like we, that was like my yin to my yang. Like, she, um, there was actually a time when she was younger and she got me in trouble because she wrote my name on a wall and she wrote it all over like my mom's envelopes of her bills and stuff. And my mom was like, why are you writing your name everywhere? And I'm like, that's not me. I don't write like that. <laughs> and my mom was like, well, your sister doesn't know how to write. So why are you like, I think she does. Like, cause I'm like, your sister doesn't know how to spell like your name. I'm like, I don't know. I didn't do this mom. So <laughs> My mom had me write my name a whole bunch of times, like, write your name. And then she had my sister. She was like, you know what? Do you know how to spell your sister's name? And um, she made my sister write my name. And it was my sister wrote my name everywhere in the house. And I was like, this is that's so crazy. My mom was like, yeah, she watches you that much. Like, she, like, you know, it just, it, that always reminds me how much my sister, like, always, like, looked up to me and, like, loved me. And, you know, like, I, you know, I was really, like, a role model to her. And. I don't know, like, it is devastating. It's the most heartbreaking, soul-crushing thing ever, especially because my birthday recently just passed, um, December 31st, and I didn't really have, you know, it was kind of hard because usually Anaya will, like, she's, like, always going to type tease and pick me, pick at me and, like, oh, it's your birthday when I turned 18. She's like, you think you're grown because it's your 18th birthday. <laughs> right. Um, and she did the same thing um I felt like she would have did the same thing for my 21st. Uh, and I was like, you know, um, I missed her a lot. One moment. Hello? That was my, that was my mom trying to get through, but looks like, hold on. Okay. So, you know, I see mom. Yeah. Hi, Sharika. Sorry about that. No, it's okay. It's okay. I was saying. I don't know how it ended, but I, when, as soon as it ended, I did get a call from the victim's advocate on a nice case. So I, I had took her call. So my apologies. Really? So is is that yes. a is that a new development happening on yes, air? So they they asked So what's going on is that the prosecuting team they've already kind of informed me that in my daughter's sex trafficking case. So there's two things going on there. Of course, there's my daughter's sex trafficking case that still is continuing even though she's dead. Um, and then we are her, her murder is being investigated. So there's two separate departments. Um, but the victim's advocate on her sex trafficking case contacted me um, to discuss plea offers that were offered to one of the defendants on the case or that will be presented they wanted to get my opinion on what they wanted to present. They haven't presented it yet. They they kind of been asking 
you know, what I think of the terms and if they're appropriate and, you know, what I think. And we've had prior discussions about um, their case um, and where it's going. So that was just an update on okay. uh, a potential plea that they'd like to offer. Okay. So technically, so right now, the people who were charged with sex trafficking of Anaya, they are currently incarcerated at this time. That's correct. God is so good. Both of them or just? Oh, there are currently three defendants. Okay. Um, that have been charged, um, that my daughter's a victim on their cases. Um, and so they're all three, yes, awaiting um, trial and proceedings. Um, and to my knowledge, two have been already provided pleas um, that they haven't accepted, but they've been negotiated. Um, and this was prior to my daughter's death as well. Um, some of these pleas came out um, because of COVID kind of hindered some of the, the proceedings oh, that they've had and they've done some rescheduling and some of these individuals have also had changes in representation which pretty much hurts the case over in my opinion because they, they have to give that attorney a chance to review all of these the information. So it will hold them though. It, it won't allow them to go anywhere. It's not like they can say oh we're just going to bail out and wait to see what happens. It's going to keep them put, correct? Well what I'm hoping is that my understanding, um, you know, there's still another witness in this case. Um, I believe they want just to avoid going to trial because obviously they don't want to send her through a trial. Um, they, you know, they don't want to you know, make her have to go through that trauma if it's not needed. Right. Um, and, my daughter being dead is, 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 you know, a little bit of an issue, you know, um, in my opinion, for them to prosecute the case to the fullest extent that they could have. Right. Um, so we're here with those potential, um, you know, and like I said, they were given, they were given some opportunities of pleas prior to Amaya's death as well. Um, okay. And so we'll see what happens. Um, I think that because of COVID, we'll see a lot of people um, just kind of getting plead out and being released that probably shouldn't, but they're going to be so inundated with trials. There's no one in Maricopa County has been going to trial. Right. They, and, and, and that's the same thing that's happening here um, in Massachusetts. A lot of cases that, you know, unless it's like exigent circumstances have really been kind of put on hold and pushed back a little bit um, until they can do trials. And then there's like a waiting period in order of what is most of most importance. So I don't know if that's uh-huh. the same thing that's happening there in Arizona, but that's definitely what's happening here in, in, in Massachusetts, the same thing. So I know before we were um, disconnected, I know that we were talking about how the San Bernardino police dropped the ball. And I know I spoke with your daughter, Kai, who, you know, expressed that she attempted to follow reports against this officer who, you know, she felt like he didn't do his job correctly and thoroughly um, because if he had, they would have known that it wasn't actually Kai, Mm -hmm. that it was actually Anaya. And Mm -hmm. she expressed to me that they, you know, um, sent a letter back months later um, stating that they did believe that, you know, the officer did his job, but clearly 
we know otherwise because if if he had we wouldn't really be having this conversation that wouldn't be a part of this conversation right now um correct and the entire department is responsible because you know um he actually took her to the police station you know you know at police stations there's things that have to happen to identify individuals oh absolutely and and i so the whole administrative department they're responsible no one waited for that verification to come back of her identity um and i've never seen that before um where it's part of the booking process i mean i'm not familiar with every single state in in the united states but typically it's part of the process of being booked of being arrested you have to get fingerprinted you have to be identified well guess what so when we identified that this happened you know being being a kind mother and Trying to help her understand how, you know, first of all, she was very upset because her name had been used in such a way. She doesn't have any kind of record. Right. And right. she's just like terrified. And, and you know, I didn't hear, I have this human resources background and I wanted to help her hurry up and try to clear her name and make sure that this doesn't come up when she's going for employment or job opportunities or going for housing or Correct. what have you. Yep. Um, we discovered that the state of Arizona has an identity theft registry. So apparently this happens quite often in the state of Arizona, of state of California, whereas yeah. um, a lot of people are utilizing other individuals' names and crimes. And so that it happens so much that there's an identity theft registry. So if you've been a victim, you basically submit your fingerprint to the Department of Justice to get cleared on this registry so that you're flat. If someone is, you know, using your name, this is how big of an issue it is. I, I, now, I've never had to investigate this before in any other state or any other situation, but I find it very telling if you guys have a whole registry set up for this. I mean, it's happening a lot. I mean, it, it, it's kind of, kind of telling. It's kind of ridiculous, but right, which makes you so think those are steps that she really has to take to clear and make sure that her name is not associated with this crime and that it's flagged of identity theft. Right. And I, I would definitely, I mean, I don't know if you have an attorney now um, still on this case, but I would definitely, you know, ask that attorney, what are the process and procedures that you would go you do going forward to actually remove this from your record? Uh-huh. Because I, I clearly understand what you're saying, um, Kai, you know, when you want to pursue you know, any type of future professional jobs or, you know, you don't want this type of, you know, uh, yeah. situation on your record. Absolutely not. You know, mm-hmm. and I, that shouldn't be, I mean, I don't know how it is there. I know here in Massachusetts, you would have to just petition the court and provide documentation as to why. And to me, in my mind, that this would clearly be uh, a good enough reason of why you would not want this on your record. So, um, so that was back in January when yes, she was arrested. And Correct. what was the next contact after after that? Was there any other con? Did she reach out back to you guys after in January? I know you were kind of communicating through this Facebook account that you had set I up. Never heard from, I never heard from Anaya again from December. That was the only really time that she surfaced to our knowledge. Like, and, and when I say surface, I mean as far as any type of 
um, state or um, department having custody of her. Um, we did see other movement online. We've seen other postings after January. Right. Um, but we didn't see any, you know, there was not any contact made with her. Um, I had gotten a message um, in like March or April, I think it was, from the Department of Child Protection that was an email from her caseworker supervisor that Naya had been spotted in. And I, and I replied, where? Well, who, who's seen her? They, they were like, we don't know. We don't have any information, just that she was spotted. It was very vague. And so then Anaya's birthday came. Anaya's birthday is in April, April 21st. You know, we made posts about her birthday, you know, pleading for her to, you know, come home. And um, we didn't hear anything. Um, May passed. You know, we didn't hear anything. I actually made a post on May 19th on my Facebook page. And, and I said, um, I was on my patio listening to jazz and, and, and I was thinking about Anaya and I, and I said, Anaya, I haven't given up on you and God hasn't either. And I loved you. And I knew that my daughter had been watching my page, you know, from her page, um, you know, would unblock us to see our pages and stuff because there were certain things Anaya would say to us that we would know she was watching our page, right. you know. Right. And so I wanted her to know that we were thinking, I was thinking about her and I wanted her to come home. And we didn't hear anything. Um, June 3rd, um, 2020, um, I was here in my home and working. And I actually was in the back of my home. And it's kind of soundproof around here. I don't really hear anybody knocking. I thought I heard someone, but I thought it was next door. And they started knocking really hard, and then my phone rang, rang, and the police. And they said, um, "They said, Miss Ryan, this is the Buckeye Police Department. We're outside your house. We want to speak to you about your daughter." And I, and I, I kind of like ran to the door because I right. thought I had heard someone knocking, but I don't really answer when people are knocking. At if anything, I thought it was a delivery or next door. So when I got to the door, they it was two police officers, and they said. Um, they said, ma'am, um, we're here to talk to you about your daughter, Anaya. I said, yeah, where is she? I said, did you guys find her? They said, um, yeah, ma'am, we're here to talk to you about her. I said, okay, where's she at? And he said, ma'am, can we come inside? Oh. And I said, um, I said, yeah. I said, where's she? I said, but where is she? I said, where is she at? And one of the officers, his name is Officer A. Delgado, he just kind of like looked down. And I said, wait a minute. I said, I said, where's my, I said, wait a minute. Wait. I said, you better not be the homicide police. And he said, ma'am. I said, is my daughter alive? And he said, ma'am. I said, is my daughter alive? He said, ma'am, no, she's not. And I just fell. I just fell right in the, in the center of my door. And he said, ma'am, now can we come in and talk to you? Right. And when I said, yeah, and they came in, I said, where's my daughter? I said, how did she die? They said, they think it was a car accident. I said, well, where? I said, when? You know, they said, well, they said, well, her body was found May 22nd. I said, what? Oh. May 22nd? Why, why are you all here now? Why is 
why are you just coming now? Right. You know, where have you been? Where has she been? And he said, ma'am, um, he said, ma'am, we had her May 22nd. We couldn't identify her. The quarter just identified her this morning. Oh. And I said, where is she? I said, I don't believe you. I said, you don't know my daughter. I said, how do you know? I said, I haven't identified a body. I was in complete denial. And he said, ma'am, we identified her through fingerprints. I said, no, I haven't identified her. You don't know. I said, you don't know. I said, I haven't. I said, take me to her. And he said, um, ma'am, no, we, you know, um, you can call the corner. They, they gave me that car. They stayed here with me for a while until my husband came. And, right. and um, they gave me their card and they told me that Anaya had been found on I-10 um, in Buckeye, Arizona on Watson Road in the median. And that she was found, no phone, no shoes, just wearing, and I don't even know what it is because it's an evidence and they, I've never seen a picture of it or anything, but they, it hasn't been clarified if it was a t-shirt or a nightgown, but right. something of like a green dress. They don't, they can't identify if it's a dress, a nightgown or a t-shirt, but it was something green. And looked like a wig nearby and they think that she possibly had been hit um, and that she had blunt um, force trauma to her lower extremity of her body. Right. And so I wanted to go see the body but the Arizona, they don't allow you to go to view the body unless they cannot identify the body. Then that's when they allow you to identify come in and say whether or not this person is, you know, related to you and they also ask you for DNA. But what had happened unbeknownst to me at the time was that they had, like you said, identified Anaya through fingerprints. But Anaya was so badly decomposed that Anaya's hands they had to be removed and put in a rehydration system in order to pull her fingerprints. Oh. Out here in Arizona, it gets it's like 120 degrees every day. Right. They believe that probably had been out there like 24 to 48 hours, but that the heat could cause the body to decompose that, that quickly. We we will never know. Um, her, her cause of death, well, I won't say never know. I pray to God we, ha we find out. Her cause of death has been listed as undetermined, but they believe she was hit by a vehicle or possibly thrown from a vehicle right. um, because of the lower extremity damage to her body and the, the blunt force trauma to her body. I believe, I don't believe my daughter was walking. My daughter, at the very beginning of this call, I told you that my daughter was very intelligent very articulate, yep. very smart, right. studying DNA mutations. My daughter was a lot of things. She was rebellious. She was smart. She was funny. But she was not stupid. And I can't imagine for any 
reason whatsoever that my daughter would have been walking on the expressway on May 22nd or any day between or before or what have you without any shoes on in the heat. Not only is it not really possible in right. Arizona, right. You, would, you just wouldn't do it. You wouldn't even move like two inches on your concrete. You, know, you, just, you just brought me back to even here in, in Massachusetts in the summertime. It The ground is way too hot. Uh-huh. And this is all the way, way. up north. Uh-huh. And we never reach 110 degrees. I mean, if anything, 99 degrees and that's probably on the hottest day ever. And it's too hot to do that, to walk okay. barefoot. So when you right. said that, I just thought in my mind, that's like almost physically impossible. Right. Nobody could do that. And the, the other part of that for me as a mother that's very disturbing is um, a couple of things. Well, that is number one. My daughter wouldn't have just been walking on the expressway. Um, number two, no clothes, no, no, very little clothing, no shoes. I can't imagine that. No phone. That's not my daughter. This is this is what I've said in the beginning the whole time as well. Once they did give Anaya the freedom to have a phone, Anaya had a phone. Right. She had a pouch that she carried all the time. Her pouch. She had her lip gloss. Her phone, like every other teenager, so typical teen, you know. Yep. Um, with the all phone, the accessories. The yep. Yeah, all the accessories. Why didn't she have any of that? My daughter. a mall uh, about two and a half years ago and they bought themselves sister necklaces. They each have one and, it, and they, they match. And my daughter, every photo you see of Anaya, even on her Instagram, even after she ran away, you see my daughter with this necklace on. Police told me don't no necklace. You know, um, my daughter wore this necklace every day, all day. She didn't have to take this necklace off. Um, she wasn't found with any of her stuff. They never found, they don't have a phone. You know what I mean? And I, I would like to believe that my daughter seen my post on May 19th and she was, she was on her way home. I would like to believe that right. she had enough and that somebody didn't let her make it. You know, um, I strongly believe that. And, and, it, it hurts me and it bothers me so, and I, you know, I feel responsible. I hold her father responsible. I hold DCS responsible. I hold San Bernardino police responsible. I feel like I did not do enough. And even more to add assault to injury, you know, you have very ignorant people who, like these men who are on trial, their families, they, they've tried to to protect their families that are on trial and to side with them. Ugh. But they've done so much as to smear these girls' names who were involved in this sex trafficking and say, oh, they wanted to prostitute. They wanted this. They Ugh. told this life. As if a 12, 13, 14-year-old child can consent to sex, <laughs> sexual activity. These are children. And want to be sex trafficked. These are children. Right. These are children. That's right. That's and, the facts. you know, on top of that, smearing my daughter's name. On top of that, the um, the the idea that oh, when they read about a at first glance, oh, this is a child that was in child protection, they automatically think, oh, well, maybe her parents were neglectful and they didn't take care of her. She ended up in the system. They were probably on drugs, or you know, all 
and that I find myself protecting and her honor and her name and who she was. Right. right. And also protecting who we were as parents and who we were as her family. These children are cared for. They're not thrown away. They're not trash. I say it all the time. My daughter was not trash. That's right. That's right. She had two parents and a family who loved her and tried to do the absolute best for her. And that's what we do as moms. That's what we do as parents is to do what we think is best for them. And that's either reaching out for help or like you reached out to her father for help or you reached out, you know, to these or hoping that these different institutions would be able to provide some type of help. And the fact is they didn't provide the help. And the fact is, as a mother, I went through so much. Right. You know, I had my two children at home. I was working for a company that, at the beginning, they, you know, of course, my daughter's having contact issues in school. I'm being called from work to go to the school. I'm having all these problems. This company ended up laying me off. And um, they were, we just think you should focus on your daughter and just all of these things, right? Fast forward. I worked for this company. I used to work 80-hour work week for this company. And I used to say, well, I think her phone may have disconnected again. Her phone have disconnected again? Yeah, she was, like I said, she lives in the mountains. And she is calling back one moment. Yeah, she lives in the mountains, so sometimes her connection drops a little bit yeah i'm sure Sorry I, I, about that. no it's okay it's it's okay I, um, it's totally understandable i was going to say to you is a lot of times that i find um people are so quick to point the finger or these institutions are so quick to drop the ball and look the other way because they don't want to accept or take accountability for for their uh competent incompetency they don't want to say, well, we as a department, we failed because we, we did not provide the proper resources for you and your family. We did not look further into this or we did not, you know, take your concerns as a, as a parent uh, more seriously. Or we didn't listen to what you had to say because we thought we knew what was best. And right. I find that that happens a lot. And what I say to you know, a lot of parents out there, whether they're dealing specifically with DCF or, you know, whatever the case may be, is to not allow these institutions that, you know, demonize us as parents or try to infringe on our rights, try to make you feel any less than a parent than, than that you are. Because it's so quick for them to do that. And it's like another tactic to break us down even more or to take away all that we are or that all that we stand for because you do not want to accept accountability. So you're going to try to break me down. And, you know, I don't know you at all, but I'm mom. And I know when I talk to another mom that has love in her heart for her child, you, it's, it's, you can feel it. You can sense it. You can, I can hear it in your voice. I can, you know, hear it in, in your demeanor, um, that you loved Anaya and you always wanted what was best for her. And um, I, I just, I say that to every mom, you know, that I speak to because, you know, it, it kind of enrages me, something inside of me when 
I find that these institutions kind of make us question ourselves or question our love for our children. One is like, no, I didn't do anything wrong. You failed. You, you, this is what you did. I reached out. I did what I was supposed to do as a mom. And because your inability to do what you're supposed to do, look where we are. So I, that, right. that's what I like to re- remind a lot of moms. I don't ever want you to feel that this was something that, you know, you failed to do. You did everything that you could do or that they allowed you to do. So Right. And I want to say this about the department as well. So now, like, they got involved. They didn't help. Everything went yep. downhill after right. they got involved. Now that my daughter's married, who do you think is left holding the torch? Do you think the department is still representing my daughter right now? No, I'm on this call with you. There's no one left standing as her voice. Right. Who set up justice for Naya Walker Foundation? My my daughter and myself. Um, right. um, and who is making sure that she's going to get justice on this sex trafficking case? There's not one caseworker right. who stood in right. and who put all of these hindrances up and or, or judge or whomever that was involved that is now still carrying the torch and trying to hold and make sure that she gets justice. And that's just the very problem. They spent so much time alienating me from the case, um, um, infringing on my rights, right. um, allowing my daughter to um, really aiding her in some of her behavior yep. um, and some of these conducts. Allowing a that, child who is suffering from trauma and all these uh-huh. other issues to make adult decisions. She is not an adult. Correct. She's a child. That's the uh-huh. point. And never understanding that they, they kept saying, well, the best interest for the child, but always allowing the child to make the decisions. And I kept saying, well, children are incapable of making logical decisions for themselves. Yep. Especially, like you said, going to trauma or even being aware of what that means long term. And what the consequences sometimes thereof or of those decisions. As I stated to you, I try to let my daughter know what she would be up against before this even took a roller coaster for a change. But I said that to say um, it's very difficult. And I've, I've now had to think about that every day. Um, you know, I have two whiteboards in my room and I'm trying to follow Anaya's case, trying to make sure she gets justice in her murder case as well as her sex trafficking case, but none of those people are around. Anaya had a very large team from BCS. It was like 12 people on her team or more, um, especially after the sex trafficking. They added all type of sex trafficking councils and guardian ad litems and all these different people. No one is around now. No one was around, you know, at the funeral. Um, you know, they actually asked could they come to the funeral. I, I told them no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Right. And now I kind of regret not letting them come because they should have seen the aftermath of their decision. Right. Right. Or the one that they failed to allow me to make. As her mom. As or the one that they didn't listen to. Correct. Yeah. Uh, but at the time, I was just so angry. And I was like, no, you all had her. And, and towards the end of her life, and I'm going to have this moment to, as my family moment. Right. That's how I was thinking at that time. But later on down the line, I said, you know what? I should have let every single one of them come. They could have seen. And now, you know, what we found out is that there are more than 267 children who are in DCS custody of Maricopa County who are missing. Right. And I actually was doing some research 
and Arizona alone is the high on the highest right below California of the most missing yeah. and exploded children and sex trafficking specifically in Arizona. Correct. Now it's scary when 267 children prior to my daughter being in, in DCS, I had seen a story on the news about um, Department of Children and Family Services here in Arizona. They were on the news for having more than 4,600 cases that had went uninvestigated. Okay? So then fast forward to my daughter being in their custody and me going back and forth with some of their supervisors and caseworkers, and I let them know, look, I know you guys are inundated. There's no reason to tell me what's going on with my daughter when you guys have 4,600 cases that have went uninvestigated. You have no clue what's going on. I used to sit in front of those caseworkers and they didn't even know who I was. They would look dead and they would they would stand knee to knee to me and say, Hi, I'm calling for the case of the grind. I was like, I'm right here. I told my daughter, I said they have no idea who we are. Right. We're just another case and they don't have their understaffed. They're not able to make the decisions that they're they're making. Um, and it's it's more so ripping families apart than, than reunifying them or bringing them together. And so when you have 267 kids missing, my question is now, how many have ended up dead? Right. Right. And or I, disappeared. You know, I do have an attorney and we're, well, we, well, there are 267 that are in the state's custody that are missing right now. Now, how many of them have ended up dead? That's what, what number we're trying to capture now. Anaya is one that I know for sure. I plan to find out before the end of this year of those 267 missing, how many have ended up dead. Or since 2017, when she entered the system, how many missing total and how many have ended up dead? Right. I I think the part that kind of strikes me as even more kind of puzzling is that they knew that what had happened with Anaya and that she wasn't just a, a regular case meaning she had endured the the sex trafficking and i just feel like that type of situation should have been dealt with differently i just felt like you cannot address this situation like you do every other situation and maybe that's just the point you can't really address every situation with a cookie cutter type of uh resolution that every child every situation is different and they should have uh definitely dealt with it differently from the beginning. That's what I feel like. Um, yeah. Given, especially given the fact of what she had endured and, you know, sticking her back in those homes and things like that, they, they should have really pushed um, for her to be with her family, for her to be with the people who, who love her the most, who knew her the most, because clearly right. those other institutions, other group homes and others, she kept running away from. Clearly, yeah. there was something there that was lacking and that, that they could not provide. So they could, they should have, what they should have did was look back at you and say, okay, mom, what do you think? How can we assist you with her? That's and what should have happened. They, they looked back at me and you know what they said? They said, okay, mom, how can you change your parenting behavior? That's what they said to me. How can you do what? I'm and sorry? I said, they said, how can you change your parenting behavior? What? That's what they said to me. And I said to them, as a response, I said, hmm. I said, Adrian and I, um, I said, I have a daughter. And Nakaya has now turned 18. I said, I raised her successfully. She's 18. She went through high school. She graduated. 
got accepted to college. I, you know, she, she's doing totally fine. I said, so therefore that, that tells me that the rules and the structure that I have in my home can work. That's right. Um, That's right. And that there's nothing wrong with my parenting styles and my parenting um, strategies. I said, one thing that has to be communicated and that you all cannot do is have the child under the pretense that laws and norms will change to appease them. I said, if I change my laws and my structure and my rules in my home, she'll grow up with a preconceived notion that that's the way life is. And that's just not true. I said, there's no laws in society that are going to change to to go around her behavior. Right, or so you're like it's asinine to ask that of me to change my 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 parenting strategies in my home. Anaya is not going to have her way in my home. It's not going to happen. She's going to have to do, obey certain rules. She's going to have to, and really, you know, they ask my daughter, they ask my oldest daughter, and I allow her to elaborate on what they ask her about my parenting and about my structure and what was punishment for my children in my home. Um, so Nakaya, I'll let you, I'll let her tell you about that. Hello? Nakaya? Oh, so that's okay. So what, I mean, we talked about that she has two different, um, cases going on. She has the, the sex trafficking case and the murder investigation. So thank God that these things are still being investigated, correct? We have two separate yeah. investigations going on, and it's currently still happening. So that that God is good in that aspect. Um, right. That there will, in his grace, be be some justice for Anaya, whether it's through the sex trafficking or, th- or through the murder. Now, as far as the murder investigation, have you heard any new uh, developments on that? Um, outside of, the detective contacted me um, that's assigned to her, her case. You know, he, he, he's not able to share very much with me because it's still under investigation. Okay. But I, I do contact him. Okay. Um, like once a month or every couple of weeks or when days come up that I was thinking about Anaya, like recently, the last okay. time I spoke to Anaya, I was thinking about her. I contacted him. Right. Um, we've had some engagements where he, I, and the prosecutors that are on her sex trafficking case, and we've been able to all talk collectively just about sex trafficking in Arizona. So I, I do keep contact with him. Okay, as far as the ahead. development, the only thing that I've heard recently is that he was successful with reaching out to several people that have, you know, spoken with Anaya in her past. Okay. That have, you know, spent time with her. Um, they had issued um, some subpoenas and was able to get some evidence that they, they were waiting on and that they were needing. Okay. Um, and then in addition to that, he, he did reach out and let me know that um, basically he said, you know, your daughter's case is taking me places I can't go as an Arizona detective. I We're bringing in home Department of Homeland Security. Good. Because, you know, there's evidence from, um, you know, adjoining states. Right, um, and they will go in and investigate at a federal level. Right, that is the sex trafficking piece. He did say that you know it still stands as you know her body was found in California, here in Arizona. He's still investigating the murder, but there are pieces that is being picked up by the Department of Homeland Security. Okay, so okay. that was very good news for me and exciting right. because 
I want the case to get as much exposure as it can. That's and right. That's I right. I know that federal departments have access to certain databases and, you know, just have more resources. So I, I was excited to hear that and that another set of eyes would be on it. You never know. Um, the more the merrier for me in this situation, like let's get everybody involved that can do it. Another aspect is a sex trafficking piece. Um, and there is a girl out there, or several, there are plenty that want to come home. Right. Um, and I'm hoping, I'm hoping that my daughter's case investigate leads to, to some other girls being able to go home. Right. Because yes, Anaya, she was in a state of rebellion. I believe there was plenty of nights she wanted to come home. And I believe she was on her way home. And I'm hoping that, you know, even though my daughter didn't make it home, I'm hoping that their investigation will lead to many other children getting home. So what do you, what do you have to say to all the moms out there, to anyone out there who's, who's going to be listening, who, who is listening uh, to this show? And right now they're missing their daughter or they're missing, you know, their loved one. What advice do you have to that mom, to, to that, loved per, that loved one? Um. So first and foremost, my advice, I want to say to you that um, there there is someone that understands what you're going through uh-huh. with the rebellion, with, with, with your child maybe being missing or with you having an estranged relationship, whatever it may be. Someone does understand and someone else is going through. When, when I was going through this, to me, I felt like this is new. Like, um, I just felt like I never known kids, especially African-American kids or black kids, to go through this kind of conduct behaviors and stuff. Um, I, I was, to me, it was, it was a little shocking. But the children that, so I want to say first and foremost, hold on and pray and don't be afraid to ask people um, to pray for you and ask people for help that are around you. Don't be afraid to um, to spend more time with your children seeking counseling and, and just paying more attention and being more um, aware of what's going on with them. Right. Um, because sometimes I look back and I think about the situations where I was being bullied um, and, and school. And as I was mentioning to you, I was working, I was very busy. I worked 80 hour work week. Right. I wish. And later on that, that, that same company laid me off and said, go take care of your daughter. And this is well after my daughter has gotten taken by DCS. I wish I would have taken the time then to take care of my daughter and pay attention and 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 focus because that was really what's important. I don't have any of that now. I don't have I'm doing a different job. I don't you know what I mean? So it was not that I ever chose it over her, but it was that it was the balance that I was having a problem with. It was the understanding exactly what to do. I just didn't know. I didn't have any resources. I thought that bringing in the other parental unit would help. Right. But looking back I would 100% drop all of those things and just 100% try to focus on what's going on with my kid. I stay very aware of, of, of these internet apps, internet security, okay. um, um, Wi-Fi passwords in your home, doing those checkups on any type of devices that they have. And again, like I said, I didn't really allow her to have it, but just being aware of a, as a parent that um, the ones that you are aware of, there's about three more each one that you're not aware of. Right. Um, right. I told you. <laughs> logging into and signing up for um, and having access to. I also want to say to the mom, my daughter was traveling by Greyhound 
And I didn't know that until she died. Go to the Greyhound station. Take your children's mm-hmm. pictures to the Greyhound station. Greyhound has offered to give runaway teens free bus tickets. And, and, and I think, and I remember posting that before. And I think my daughter seen it. And I think, now that I've looked back, I think she may have been using it to her advantage. She may have been always telling them she was coming home and she wasn't. And just getting tickets to different places. I don't know, just a speculation. But I know that these sex traffic teens travel that way. They utilize Greyhound. They put these children on the Greyhound. Wow. Go to the Greyhound. Circulate your child's picture. Go to the bus stop. Go to the strip club. Circulate your child's picture among the hotels that are in the neighborhood that you don't want to go I'm just going to be honest with you. Right. Now, I know there's a $10,000 reward um, for any type of information for Anaya. Is that... Is that- there's a $10,000 reward leading to the arrest of who's responsible for Anaya's death. Right. Yes. Yeah. I just want to clarify. Of course. <laughs> the arrest. Yeah. But yes, it is. And, and we're hoping to get more um, raised in the future through her foundation um, to go towards that reward and also go towards helping other um, sex traffic. Now tell, now tell us about this foundation and how can anyone out there listening can find it and donate to this foundation? Well, right now we're still in some setup phases, but we went ahead and set up justice for Anaya Walker Foundation. Okay. And, um, what we aim to do is educate um, girls on um, just services that they can get for counseling. Um, we want to educate teens uh, and parents as well, like I just said, about um, different ways that you can probably go about locating your teen right. or, lo- or helping an individual that has been sex trafficked. Um, our, our foundation is based on awareness. Okay. Um, and we also want to um, keep Anaya's memory alive to the foundation. Um, so there will be opportunities for um, if people want to purchase Justice for Anaya t-shirts or decals um, that will all the proceeds will go towards the foundation and that we can give out things like care bags um, and provide meals to the homeless. So those are some of the things that we'll be doing um, in honor of Anaya and that we've already done. Okay. Um, and that we'll continue to do. Now, how can they find this foundation? Is there a website that they can go to, or is there a Facebook page, or what? what is the information on that? Yeah, I will have my daughter give you that de- those details um, as soon as she can get available. Or if not, so she's listening on the call now, but I can have yeah. her okay. give you yeah. all of those links and things. And if anyone so has the, it, um, go ahead. I'm sorry. Sorry. So the website... Uh, Right now, I'm still um, working on, like, the, what we want to put on the website exactly. Okay. Um, but I will send you the link um, so that you can have the website up. Perfect. Uh, once you post your uh, podcast. So once this goes up, the website should be up by then. Um, but other than that, I know we're also going to be focusing on, I believe, a petition. Um, just to circulate the story a little bit more. Um, people know a little bit more about Anaya as well. And just to, you know, bring awareness to the foundation and what we're trying to do with an eye of name. Absolutely. And if anyone has any information um, in regards to her murder, uh, who should they contact? Should they contact the Buckeye Police Department? 
Yeah, they should contact the Buckeye Police Department of Arizona. Okay. Um, and I believe- and speak with the detectives there. Um, they can also contact Silent Witness um, because her reward is being offered to Silent Witness. And if they have tips and they want to remain anonymous, they can contact Silent Witness and provide those tips and remain anonymous. Many um, people have reached out to us at New Anaya. We, we welcome those um, messages and, and those correspondences as well. Um, if you want to send us an email or if you want to, um, you know, get a hold of us and send us any type of messages or tips that you may have about, you know, Anaya, we're willing to take those as well. Because some people just don't feel comfortable speaking with law enforcement. They want to speak with of the course. family and we, we want to engage with them and embrace that. And, and, and we'd like to thank them in advance for their prayers um, and any support that they're offering. Um, not just to us, but other girls as well. Um, I want to say to everyone listening um, prior to my daughter being in a sex trafficking situation sometimes I would just look at some of the youth in the streets and I think okay well this girl you know she, she's out here she's maybe being fast we need to scale back and think and maybe ask this young sister is she okay right because she now I see these girls and I think that she's somebody's daughter so she need help are you, are you okay? Don't be afraid to stop a girl and ask her if she needs help or give her your phone number or give her something, you know, because at the end of the day, I'm really opening my eyes in a different way and I give our praises to the most high for it, but I'm looking at these girls now in a different way and, and then these are, everyone is all someone's children. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Someone's daughter, someone's sister, somebody's friend, somebody's somebody's missing that person somewhere. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think I think life's experiences really open our eyes um, to stand up for different things or to change our perception on a lot of different things. Um, so hopefully, and it is my hope that through this foundation and through your story. That you that that whoever's listening out there, there's somebody listening out there that this story is going to impact their lives or help them in a way, or um, you never know who's listening and who who this story will touch. And you know, Anaya, her name, you know, she she did not die in vain. That, that there will be something good that that comes from this, whether it's healing, whether it's you know you're getting others to come forward, whatever the case may be. Um, I, I definitely hope to keep in touch with you. I, I would love to kind of, you know, check in with you to see, you know, how you're doing and, you know, how the case is evolving and, you know, that type of deal. But, um, you know, like I'm looking at her picture right now. And like I said that, you know, to me, she, she could have been my sister. She could have been my daughter. She could have been, you know, my little cousin. And, um, it's just, I, I really hope anyone out there listening that this has touched them in some way and, and that, you know, she's in, she's smiling down in peace and, you know, proud of her mom and her sister, her family who really, you know, stood tall and stood strong when everybody else, you know, fell at the knees, you know, that, that is you two, it's you guys in the end, uh, making uh-huh. sure that justice is served and, and making sure that her name is, is forever remembered. So I, yeah. I, I want to thank you for your bravery for even being on my show and, le- and allowing me to share your story with the world. Um, and I, I really want to thank you, Kai, as well, for sharing your story. Yeah, 
And um, you are so welcome. I will be in touch. We, we, you know, you got, you got a new friend in Massachusetts. I'll tell you that. (laughs) Thank (laughs) you. I appreciate it. I'm glad we have an outlet like this and you're providing this opportunity to families. Uh, Um, I just want to say one more thing, which is to the girls that are listening that think they may be brave enough to to bear this. My daughter, she was so um, headstrong and she thought she was, brave and I used to tell her all the time and I am trying to save your life right um and I want to say this to she I, I can read a message where she literally told her dad I'm alive and that's all that matters now I can't pull her out of the grave and show her look you're dead you know what I'm saying and and there's no one standing for you but your family and people like you know that are willing to tell your story right. so I want to say to all the girls out there who think that they're strong enough and brave enough you are strong you are brave but there are dangers out here unbeknownst to you and that you're unaware of and that that you can get caught up in and you could be here one day and gone the next so um your parents and people there are people that love you, even if it seems hard right now right. Um, and I used to always tell Anaya Nah, you only got two more years or three more years. Can you just, you know, can you just be a kid? Like, until you're going to be 18, then you'll be able to, you know, kind of do have some freedoms that they're looking for. Right. And so I, I just want to say um, to those girls, too, just make sure you get there. Because she didn't get there. She was only 16 for 30 days wow. before she was found dead. Wow. So. Um, you leave us with a know, lot. I mean, I got, I got a 13-year-old. So, is you know, it, it, it definitely puts in my mind some of the things that I'm going to have to, you know, be aware of and to pay attention to and do, cause it's, you know, it's real. She's 13 years old and there, this whole right. technological world is out there and I have to be vigilant of that and um, paying attention to. So it, these are definitely conversations that are real and that needs to be heard and needs, needs to be had. You know, you think, you think, you know, everything and, you know, our children, they're doing, they know more about this phone and internet stuff than, than we even yeah. know. <laughs> so yeah, the toddlers are born with tablets now. Like <laughs> Exactly. It's a, it's another whole world, but I, I, I really want to thank you for coming on our show. And I want to thank all our listeners out there who have tuned in and, and uh, I want to wish you the best uh, with Anaya's story and we will definitely be in touch. Thank you so much. All right, have a good evening. God bless. Thank you. Bye. Take care.